I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. For this week's Cameron Reads Comics episode, I wanted to give you my friend Jack and I's almost two-hour review of DC's most anticipated release, Zack Snyder's Justice League. This episode is a part of our brand new podcast, A Worthless Film Podcast, where the films aren't worthless, just the opinions are. Jack and I have loads of fun talking about our favorite parts of this amazing film. We don't just do this for superhero films, we're actually doing this for a bunch of movies, and next up is going to be Blade Runner 2049, and you are only going to find that on a Worthless Film Podcast. Also, Half of the episode is spoiler-free, then we go deep into the spoilers, so if you haven't seen them before, you're in luck, but you also get a spoiler warning review. So, make sure to go subscribe to that podcast as well as leave maybe both that page and this one a 5-star rating and review on iTunes, and if you're listening to this on YouTube, please, please, please clobber those like and subscribe buttons. Now, here's our episode on Zack Snyder's Justice League. Alrighty, and welcome back to a brand new episode of a worthless film podcast where the films are not worthless, just the opinions. Exactly. You I, was ready, said it myself. I was ready for Jack to say and us because we had two <laughs> intros like that. I, I thought I'd switch it up a little bit. It'll definitely be back next time. I'm, like, uh, I'm trying to keep the people on their toes. The TBD if we're worthless or not. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get back to you. If we get predictable, we're dead. Yeah, literally. We're, what's the point? Um, okay, so Jack, we watched uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League yes. this week. Wow. Wow is the word I'm thinking as well. That is, I'm like, <laughs> honestly, just I'm still, okay, so I don't know if we need to reveal this. Cut it out if you want, Jack, but yeah. we're recording this on Friday. The film yeah. dropped yesterday. This is fresh, fresh this opinions is- here. I, I'm not, I'll be honest, I couldn't sleep last night. I was overwhelmed with all of the content that I had taken in. Yeah, we have four hours of my life. Oh my gosh, I, I got like, off. I feel like my eyeballs are going to fall out of my head afterwards. Oh, that's exactly it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it's, <laughs> I got off work at six, drove right to my buddy's house to go watch it. And then we yeah. watched it and I was like, oh my gosh, I left, I left his house because, you know, we had to go get dinner and whatever too, but it's like yeah. probably 1130 is when I got home last night. And that Jeez. is just absurd. <laughs> yeah man it's it's wild okay so uh i think some of the details wait oh my gosh i gotta pull up well off the top of our heads uh obviously film came out in 2021 uh hbo yeah. max original release directed by Zack snyder um written by it was Zack snyder who obviously is the director chris torrio mm-hmm. who um mm-hmm. We talked about on the. If, also, if you guys want to know more about our thoughts going into this film, go check out our Man of Steel and uh, Batman v Superman Rewind episodes because. Yep, exactly. 
I'm like, we're, we're setting stage for this triumphant moment here. It, it is a big release. I'm pulling up <laughs> right now the IMDb page of the writer. Okay. It's Chris Torrio and one more. And I want to give this person credit because the bar was set low. And this one was yeah. surprisingly. Okay, wow. Oh, Chris Torrio and Will Beal. Will Beal. Okay. So those are our writers um, on this project. Okay. Before we get into it, uh, can I give like a little history of what it took to get here for us? Yeah, yes. The movie? Absolutely. Okay. So, so this is for the listeners who aren't really familiar with what has happened so far with this movie and the great mythology behind it. Um, it so is mythology. In, That's such the right word. It honestly is. And, it's, and if that mythology didn't exist, like this movie would not exist. Um, like there's been so much behind the scenes to make this happen. Um, so basically... In 2016, when BVS came out, 2016, right? Yeah, yeah. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the studio started freaking out because, like, Warner Brothers started freaking out because the movie was very controversial at the time, and it was not necessarily the slam dunk hit they were looking for, even though it made a billion dollars at the box office. So, Oh, that know, thing what you came know? out hot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it wasn't necessarily the, the franchise explosion that they were hoping it to be. And yeah. especially like the very mixed critics consensus um, and mixed audience reaction. It was a very um, mixed. I, you, and this is coming on. Okay. Simultaneously to that summer was the same time civil war was coming out. So it's like, we had multiple movies yeah. of here. Superheroes fighting one another. It's like, and yeah. that first bath, even just the, the casting of Ben Affleck as Batman. There's just so much on the shoulders of mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. So, it was already feeling so rushed and already kind of feeling like there was so there's already so much baggage, I should say, with yeah. that movie um, and it coming out. So, you know, with this movie, the there was already so much going into making Justice League. Um, and he kind of lost some of his graces with Warner Brothers yeah. at that time. Yeah. Um, and making and then because the, they made them back to back. Like they like, yeah, they released Batman Superman and they're already shooting and working on Justice League. So they were seeing in real time reactions to this while he was already working on the next project. And they're kind of like, Oh, we don't know if this is necessarily the direction we got, we want to go in. Mm -hmm. And so the studio already started freaking out. And then um, like Zack Snyder's family had a tragedy and his daughter died midway through the process. Um, They had already done almost all the principal photography, but they still had a lot of reshoots scheduled and all those different kinds of things to like, which is totally normal. Yeah. Yeah, every movie has every movie has reshoots. Every movie has to go back and tweak things and stuff like that. That's totally one hundred percent normal. Anyways, he left the project because he's needed to focus on his family. And also, this kind of like, it, maybe he was fired a little bit too. Maybe it was an amicable, yeah. amicable, like exit. Maybe like, okay, like take time with your family. This isn't really working out for us, anyways. Um, so one of the guys brought in Joss Whedon of Avengers and Avengers Two fame, mm-hmm. um, and. He basically retooled the movie and him and action. Jeff Johns reshoots. Him and Jeff Johns. Um, I blame I blame Joss Whedon more than I blame Jeff Johns. Um, yeah. Jeff Johns is not innocent though in this in this scenario. There's um, so much mythology around all of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to keep this brief. Um, so, anyways, <laughs> unlike Zack Snyder, sorry, I had to go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um. So basically, they brought in Joss Whedon, a you know a veteran team up movie director, yeah, you know, someone who had success with Marvel. He gave us uh, the Avengers, man. Like he gave us the Avengers, um, and Avengers: Age of Ultron, which is I would say just as good as 
Avengers one. I don't disagree. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, I should say of the same quality as Avengers one. Yeah, it's um, from, it's you know cut from the same cloth. It's basically the same movie. Yeah, like, a little extra stuff in it. Um, but yeah, so they brought him in to finish the movie, and they basically he basically threw out most of what Zack Snyder had worked on and reshot a lot of the movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know Henry Cavill couldn't come back. Well, he couldn't come back at first, and then because he's doing Mission Impossible, and he couldn't shave his mustache for it, which is <laughs> so had to, damn, yeah, it's the most expensive mustache in movie history. Um, it was like millions and millions of dollars of CGI off the mustache, and it looked horrible. Um, and the movie itself felt uh, felt just like such a rushed amalgam of a movie. It felt very much like Rise of Skywalker when it comes to like what a franchise film is. Um, yeah. And Rise of Skywalker is a similar story. Um, so, um, yeah, but I think the biggest problem I had with the Joss Whedon Justice League is not that it was horrendously bad, because it wasn't. My my biggest, the, it was most offensive to me because it was just so average and so, like, by the numbers, run-of-the-mill, like, superhero, quote-unquote, yeah. movie. And it was just so bland and so unsatisfying. Because if it's bad and it's, like, a big swing, that's entertaining in itself. Yeah, like, like you know. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you can say we we talked about it last episode or two episodes ago, whatever it be. But yeah, that uh, that's kind of what happened with Batman v Superman. Is it, it was like mm-hmm. I don't know. We still like it. And we enjoy it. And I think it's kind of falls into that category yeah. where it was a big swing. He crammed a yeah. lot of uh, stuff in that movie, and like whether or not they all landed, it's like he went for it, which is like okay, you got to give credit to the guy. And so then yeah. to not see him fulfill his vision in this movie, the fans felt. I, I want to say betrayed. I feel like that's like a mean mm-hmm. way to put it, but it's also kind of like, yeah, oh, yeah. it is how they felt. And so, which yeah. is why we got the reactionary response to that justice league and, you know, going into release the Snyder cut, which is obviously mm-hmm. where we find ourselves now. Yeah. And I think fans of Zack Snyder were also felt betrayed because along with Zack Snyder feeling betrayed because they basically threw out his entire vision and did such a hard course correction to try to make it, like just changed so many fundamental aspects about the universe that he made, about the characters he made. Yeah. Um, and that's why it was just so jarring seeing that movie because it just felt so different. And it felt very much like Joss Whedon was trying to like shove some Marvel stuff into a DC film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that just had never that had never been anywhere in that universe before. Um, so yeah, so people online started rallying to release a Snyder cut. And over the years, Zack Snyder had caught on to that. And he really appreciated that. And he's very he's like he's a director who's very interactive with his fan base yeah on, um, on what's the platform vero <laughs> vero shout yeah. out zach snyder on vero yeah yeah <laughs> the he's, only one he he's very accessible to his fan base and he's very responsive to them yeah. so that mixed with them really wanting to see his version of the movie sparked release of snyder cut and over the years it's you know there's been some vitriol with some of his fans on the internet and being you know horrible people but for the most part, people were like, hey, we want to see what his movie looks like and we want to see what he can do. So Warner Brothers proposed to him uh, later, like a couple of years later, about releasing his unfinished footage. Yeah. Because um, he had, they had basically a, a lot of a movie yeah. there. Um, just not, not anything that was like finished with CGI, special effects, visual effects, sound, any of that kind of stuff. Um, so it, was a very, it wasn't a movie you could release. And they were like, oh, let's release the unfinished footage. And he was like, uh, heck no. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, this is like my baby. Yeah. So eventually they brought him back to finish the film. 
and do some a little bit of extra uh, reshoots to kind of piece in those little extra bits. And if you watch the film, you can see where those reshoots kind of happened, especially yeah. at the end. Um, you, you can tell by, by Ben Affleck's how, how in shape Ben Affleck is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, because when they brought him back for the Joss Whedon cut, he was very not in shape because uh, he's not expecting to have to come back yeah, right. uh, that late. And he was also like going through a lot of stuff at that time. Yeah, um, yeah. The whole Ben yeah, Affleck so, arc within the DC universe too is its own mythology. Yeah, yeah. But ju- the Justice League reshoots kind of broke Ben Affleck as playing Batman. That's kind of part of a reason why he's no longer Batman. Yeah, um, yeah. He came absolutely. back for this, but he's still kind of done. Um, he said. He said in interviews, he's like, and I'm sorry to drag this on, but yeah. he's like, that role has been marred with personal tragedy, you know, in his life. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. It's just sad to see like a fine candidate as Batman, you know, just really yeah. take it on the chin so tough on a, on a role that didn't deserve that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So then they re, we're going to release it in theaters and on HBO Max. And now with COVID, it's just on HBO Max and theaters someplace I think maybe, but not. They really should like honestly. Guys. They yeah. should. I'd love to watch it in IMAX, like because it's shot for IMAX. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which i was yeah, i was a little annoyed about having to watch a four by three on my tv for this movie but whatever that's a um, um for the camera reads comics fans jesse my boss at the shop i work at was so mad about the fourth he was texting me like before the movie even starts he's like f Zack snyder this aspect ratio is ridiculous yeah i i'm not really a huge fan of that um i i get it that he wants to you know keep it in imax but it's like bro leave it in IMAX for people who have IMAX. Like we can go watch it like that in IMAX, but it's like, we don't have IMAX TVs. We have regular TVs. Hey, you um, know what? In all of the defense of the fans, this was his vision. So yeah, that's yeah. what okay, we so, asked for. And that's what we got. Yeah. So that's the backstory. Um, should we do non-spoilers first? Like our initial thoughts and then get into it? Or should we just go full spoilers? Um, do this choice. We can go non-spoilers first. I'm gonna try my best, but if something just a slips. Few, just a few, it's just like our overall thoughts. Okay. Um, honestly, I'll, I'm just going to throw in my rating out of 10 because I've been thinking about it a long time. I'll just start at the okay. end or whatever. I, yeah, yeah. number one, so pleasantly surprised. Uh, I think with the <laughs> yeah. vision and what he talked about, what he was going for, he absolutely nailed it. I think mm-hmm. we saw the Zack Snyder, I think, you know, a little too much slow motion footage. I'm like, <laughs> surprisingly, not. It would have been, it would have been. It would have been three hours without the slow motion footage. I'm like, literally. <laughs> Instead of four hours. I'm like, okay. I'm like, not everyone is the Flash. And anyway, we'll exactly. talk about the Flash sequence, the original one in slow-mo. Yes. And I'm like, what the heck just happened? But yes. um, yeah, <laughs> I give it I gave it a solid 8.5, which is like not what I, I was worried about mm-hmm. anticipating yeah. like this film because I just think that I didn't want to get my hopes high because, you know, I saw his original mm-hmm. cut for Batman v Superman and that wasn't my take you know i wasn't into yeah. that uh yeah i like i, I liked uh, the other one too the uh what's oh my gosh man of steel i liked man of steel too but that wasn't like yeah i thought this movie smoked both of those i thought it was great oh yeah i think so too um yeah i think it's definitely a vast improvement over what we saw with joss whedon's cut yeah um especially because we'll get like we'll get into details yeah um but joss whedon like some of those course corrections were just so hard. Um, it's very much, it felt very much when I saw Joss Whedon's Justice League, like watching The Rise of Skywalker versus The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, the studio got afraid by that film 
And so they tried to course correct so hard in the next film um, to where yes. it's just like really jarring and just like really unfaithful to what's already happened. Yeah. Um, so this film, like it was such a breath of fresh air to see that not happening, to be mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, I believe this is the same character I saw in these other movies. Um, yeah. And I feel like I'm still watching their story. Um, I don't think he's, I still don't think Zack Snyder knows how to make a coherent film in under two hours literally or, or at two hours i think if he i think if he had to release this at like a two to two and a half hour mark i don't think he could have done it i don't think um, so either yeah um but he had four hours and i enjoyed every one of those four hours yeah like yes that that first hour is a little slow um mm-hmm. but like that last two hours of the film i guess like it was banging like I it did not, was. I, didn't, I wasn't looking at my watch one time. Like once it got going, I was like, I'm buckling in. And I was there the entire ride. That was so, <laughs> you know, there's part of me that's like, okay, so not all of this had to be in the film. Like, so I saw some of it and I was like, this doesn't have to be here. And like, you know, that's yeah. just me being that guy. Like, I know that. But um, when it comes to the film overall, I was just like, Wow. I don't know. I was, I was very impressed, but on top of that, I just think that like Zach, I don't know. I'm just still, I'm honestly still processing. I'm trying to piece all together my yeah. thoughts on this film because I've been chewing yeah. on it all day, all night. And then the content yeah. also just to, to play into the release of this film, I think would be remiss to say the other content that's coming out this week. Like we are post WandaVision, mm-hmm. just hopping into Falcon winter soldier. And so it's just like, man, like there's just so many, it's a big weekend for fandoms. Yeah. Um, so I just, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm just so overwhelmed. Oh, yeah. By, by, you know, he went for it in this film. And like, I yeah. really applaud the guy. And I was just so pleasantly surprised with how cohesive, how cohesive the narrative was because I didn't mm-hmm. quite see that in the last film, you know, because I'd yeah. say he had more reign over, uh, what's it called? The, the Batman v Superman's like territory. Yeah. In, as opposed to Man of Steel. I think Man of Steel was an attempt and it actually went pretty well. Then I yeah. thought him going into Batman v Superman was like, okay, this is mine now. And he mm-hmm. took all the toys and I was like, ooh, like he almost like <laughs> fumbled the ball a little bit. It wasn't, per- it wasn't a perfect film, but. Yeah. Also, I guess my biggest thing would be, I, this movie wouldn't have been four hours if we just got to spend a little bit more time with the characters. If we had a Flash movie, yeah. if we had a Cyborg movie, like. Yeah. It wouldn't yeah. have been four hours. You know, they'd stuck yeah, two origins. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have had to. It wouldn't have had to. No. Like, we had, like, a cyborg origin in this film. We had, we kind of had basically an Aquaman origin in this film, too. Mm-hmm. Like, we, there was a lot more Aquaman in this film than the Whedon cut. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of had a Flash origin as well. I don't think, like, half a Flash origin. Minimal, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, we, we got to spend so much more time with the characters in this film. And, and I think it's all for the best. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that, um, I was going to, I had a point I was going to say, I forgot about, um, (laughs) that's just me right now. I'm just like still processing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still processing it. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's kind of just like he, Zack Snyder knew like, this might be the last time I get to really do something with these characters and this universe that I created. So I'm just going to give it everything I have Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do exactly what I want to do. Um, and it was really fun just to see him like, you know, no holds barred, get to make the movie he wanted to make however yeah. long he wanted to make it. Ooh. Um, 
And yeah, I think it's, you know, I think it really, it really was nice seeing him have that free reign and have that space to do that kind of thing. And I think it worked out really well. Like, you know, I don't, I probably give it like a, I was expecting to like it as much as that movie Superman, mm-hmm. um, at least as much as that movie Superman. Yeah. Um, and possibly more once I saw the trail, like if each trailer that came out, I was like, okay, I'm liking this more and more. And I was trying not to get my help. I was trying to have it not be like a Stockholm syndrome kind of scenario where I'm like, uh, yeah, yes. I've been in this for so long and thinking about Snyder Cut for so long that I just forced myself to enjoy it because I've given it so much thought and energy. Yeah. Um, but, or like I tricked myself into liking it because I'm just like, it's captive. <laughs> um, but I think I genuinely, I'm genuinely glad like you got to make this movie and like, I'm genuinely glad like it turned out the way it did. Um, and it's like, it's, I'm not even, I don't even care anymore about like, uh, if this is the choice I would make for these characters in each universe and that yeah. kind of thing. It's like at this, at this point in this film, I'm over that. Like I had those kind of questions, those kind of qualms and BVS, yeah. but seeing this movie now, I'm like, okay, we're settled into this universe. This is the world. And he's kind of just taking his time. Um, also like I was expecting it's, it, it turned out way different than I expected too. Like I was expecting it to be very much like the weed in justice league mm-hmm. and then just like specific shots changed or cut out yeah. or added um but like the pacing and like the editing and like the trajectory of the film was so much different it um, was it totally was like there, in, in- there, there were sh- yeah go ahead no, i'm go sorry ahead. i'm like interrupting you and i'm like <laughs> go just, ahead it changed it for the better like oh my gosh like yeah. all the the pacing and everything was just better yeah. Yeah. It's like, I was expecting, I was expecting like the, the egregious mistakes in Joss Whedon cut to be like, you know, replaced or fixed. Um, but it's like for the film to feel very similar. Um, but like, even like the way, and there were scenes that we saw that were in the Whedon cut that were in this film still. Yeah. Um, but like the, the, the linear storyline he wanted to tell like it went in so many different directions and it got to destinations that they got to in the Whedon film, like in way different ways. Um, so I felt, like I, I felt like I was watching a brand new movie. Like, cause I was kind of worried. I'm like, Oh, am I getting bored? Like, yeah, I've seen this before. I've seen this before. This is where they get the mother box. And this is where, you know, Steppenwolf takes this mother box. And I think like, it's like some of those things happened, but for the most part, the film went in so many different directions with so many different scenes and interactions and like character moments that, it all felt incredibly fresh. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And like the way I, I was trying to, because I, 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 I open this question up to you too, Jack, because yeah. I have friends that are Marvel fans, but they're not DC fans. And mm-hmm. like the way I'm trying to describe this film to them is like, they're like, oh, I'd understand it if I saw the other Justice League. And I'm like, they're like, is it the same as the other Justice League that already came out? And I'm like, the real, I think the I think that's wrong that's false to like the narrative and the mythology surrounding this film, because I think yeah. this was the original film. So yeah. people looking at it at the perspective of like, this one is, you know, is this going to be same as the other one? I'm like, no, this one is the same. It's the other one. That's different. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It, it's yeah. like, that's the different movie, not this one. And so mm-hmm. it's funny though, too. Cause I'm like, I, I, I was telling Jack before we started recording, I'm like, this is our end game. Like for the DC fans, like this is, you know, <laughs> big mythology like and we've been waiting forever for this uh <laughs> yeah. the catch 22 is we only had to watch two movies pretty much instead of you know 
Exactly. And and we I got to like, the same place. Yeah, exactly. It's so, um, <laughs> I was just, it's like telling them, I'm like, it's like, oh my gosh, the studio kind of dropped the ball so bad. And so now coming into it, now I'm just like, I want more, which is, I'm so spoiled. Mm-hmm. We're just so spoiled. Like, it was good, man. Yeah. It was really, really, re- 8.5. Maybe by the end of the recording, I'll give it a nine. Like, honestly, it's, I yeah. really enjoyed myself. I, I'm probably like, I'm probably like a, an eight. I'd, I'd say it's definitely my favorite out of his three. Yeah. Um, uh, like Justice League, Man of Steel, then BVS. Um, yeah. I, I mean, there, there's things in it that there's, there's problems I had in the weeding cut that I still have with this film. Yeah. Um, like certain moments or certain like pacing things or character actually, or like dialogue or stuff like that. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, like, I don't know. Like that was, that was pretty lame. That was kind of wonky, but yeah. it's not nothing egregious to where I, that, like to where it totally took me out of the film or I was like that, what the heck was that? Like, <laughs> I had moments like that in the weeding cut where I was like, what is that? Like Aquaman um, sitting on the lasso. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Or like the, the Batman, like cracking jokes and being like a goofball in, yeah the weeding cut and it's like this is just so it's taking me out of the movie completely like it's ringing my brain was there um, okay before we get into spoilers there's yeah. i think we, there's a couple point questions i think i have number one is was there anything that from the 2017 cut that you were surprised was actually in because you know snyder didn't use any of the weeding footage he only yeah, used yeah. his own footage and so yeah was there anything because there's a couple things in the Whedon cut or whatever that I thought was specifically Whedon, but they showed up in the Snyder cut. And I was like, huh. And I just think, I think, you know, mm-hmm. some of it didn't work then. And I, I still think some of it didn't work quite here, but yeah. that's with, with, with all the good that I got, it outweighed the bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was that bad anyways, but yeah. was there anything you were surprised was in this cut? Yeah. I was more, I was more focused on the things that I, that, I hated about the weeding cut that yeah. weren't that like that were not happening in this film. And I was, cause I watched it with Hannah, my fiance, oh, yeah. Hannah. Hello everybody. Last night. Oh, last night. We watched it last night. Loyal. Um, and I know she's really, a good fiance, right? Now. She stayed for almost the whole thing. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, you know, trouble in paradise. No, no, no. She's had to go home. Um, great, but we'll finish it later. Um, she's really excited. Um, but we watched it to get, we watched the weeding cut in theaters together. And she, she was like, yeah, whatever. Like she wasn't, she didn't hate it. She didn't love it. She was like, yeah, that's fine. Like she's not really invested in it as much. Yeah. Um, but we were seeing scenes that were happening that we both hated when we saw that movie in theaters. We we're like, what was that? And we were seeing them not happen in this. And we were both noticing and we were like high-fiving like, yes, like, <laughs> that's gone. Like, thank God. Yeah. Um, as far as to your question, um, I think one scene that I I knew it was a Zack Snyder scene. Um, I knew I knew the base scene was, Zack, was, a, was a Zack Snyder scene in the original cut because Superman had a regular mouth. Um, yeah, yeah, right. And, and and that's the kind of fun part about the that's the only fun thing about the Whedon cut. <laughs> you can kind of track which scenes are Zack Snyder and which scenes are Joss Whedon by Superman's mouth. Yeah, um, and Cyborg, like for his like and, how and Cyborg, does Cyborg yeah. look? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think one scene was when they bring Superman back from the dead and he is fighting the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the, when the flash is running and like Superman, like gives him the side eye and is like seeing him while he's running and stuff like that. And like, tries to like, and starts like punching him. Like, and like the flash's reaction shots to that oh. scene were like, still like still, I think the funniest moment in the film. Yeah. Um, 
but also like really scary, but really funny too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of like that fun, dark humor kind of thing. I I assumed that those reaction shots from Flash were was a Joss Whedon thing because it it felt kind of Whedon esque. Like yeah, oh the Flash is a goof and like he is like terrified by Superman and like it's pretty funny. Um, but I guess the whole thing was Zack Snyder, right? So shout there's out just, Zack Snyder, yeah. There's so many of those. The other one that you know you see in the trailer was Batman's. Oh, what's your power? I'm rich. I was like, oh, oh wow, yeah. that, that was Snyder. Like, huh? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm all for levity. Uh, also, again, Jack and I talked the other day, but like Jeremy Irons is Alfred. No, oh, that was so good. That wasn't different or anything other than what we saw, but I just freaking love Jeremy Irons as Alfred. And I just need yeah. to say that again here. Yeah. And I think, and I think the difference like between the com, cause there is comedy in this movie. Yeah. Like it's not a funny movie particularly, but there is, there are moments of comedy in it. Mm-hmm. There's this moment because of comedy in other like Zack Snyder, like DC movies. Yeah. Um, like Except Alfred, for Watchmen. Like, sorry. Batman, Except for Watchmen. Yeah. Um, Alfred like busting Batman's balls in BVS was like some, probably one of my favorite parts of that film. Right. Um, that's everything I need in an Alfred is like, I don't quite yeah. know what you do. And I'm going to poke fun at you because I'm the only one who can't. I'm the only gig can get away with it. Yeah. Um, maybe like a Robin, but late, like you know, if there was a Robin, but um, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. Like, so there are moments of comedy in these films and I really like it when they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a, a joke a minute kind of thing, like some Marvel movies, yeah. but what I hated about this, the Whedon cut was all the quips like he's trying to do marvel marvel style quips in a dc movie and it just like does not fit and does not compute um and it just doesn't work and it's like just like it, they, you can't bring tony a tony stark style humor into a dc yeah. movie with batman yeah. and superman and stuff like that. it's like it just is not gonna fit and uh but like this movie's still a comedy but it wasn't trying to do that kind of comedy and it worked way better for me yeah yeah it's it's so interesting to like kind of see where it's going to go or like what's going to happen as they move on. Because like, I just really picture, uh, cause it's, I think now like there are differences between DC and Marvel and we're seeing those differences. And like in the interviews and stuff I was listening to is Zack Snyder. Cause I think it's abundantly clear. I'm not a huge Zack Snyder fan. Like, you know, I've watched his movies. I like, he's okay. You know, that's about as much yeah. as I have to say about the guy. He was never yeah. would have been who I chose to helm this yeah. property, this franchise, whatever it be, you know, it's like never. And I, and I'll say it on the air. Like I still, even after this vision, I don't think he fundamentally understands some of the DC characters. And so, uh, but moving forward, uh, it makes me want to see more. And it just, I think there's so, something so powerful, like in the, I guess very like, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, in the explicit universe that we got of the, like the very clear vision, you know, the very itself vision of the universe mm-hmm. DC that we got. Uh, I just wish there's something more powerful if, if the studio just stuck to their guns and just like, okay, let's keep going now. You know what I mean? Trudge through yeah. because it's not like I, like Marvel went down after the, the double whammy of Iron Man three and then Thor two, you know, it's yeah. like, that didn't sink the ship. And so I'm like, yeah. guys, just like stick, stick to the guns, like just yeah. move forward and like give us more content. Cause mm-hmm. you know, Batman v Superman wasn't that great. Superman of Steel was pretty great. But then if you, if you picture it, so post Batman v Superman, you got wonder woman, Mm-hmm. Then you would have got like, which is a major hit. Yeah. You would have gotten Zack Snyder's justice league, which is a bigger hit right after that Aquaman huge yeah. hit. Like, I'm like, we, yeah. could have, 
That could yeah. have. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But even, but even, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the. I don't think the film we saw yesterday would have been the film we saw in 2017 had he gotten to keep making it the way he wanted to. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know if it would have been as good. Um, I think so too. I think, I think so too. Yeah. I think him being away from this franchise and like having time to think about it and ponder it and like all the years to kind of sit on that footage and think about the story a lot more yeah. and like have all like the climate around this film, like changing and like all the support for it. Um, like, especially can like compared to the, lack of support he had when BBS came out. Yeah. Um, and just time to think about like, what he wants to do with it? Like, and having the space to do it in four hours. Like, I think that all that together influenced like the film we saw yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it would have been different. Have we seen, have we seen it in 2017, especially since he now knows, or now it's almost certain that he's not going to get to make any more of these. And like the two extra sequels he was planning. Um, I think the, the solo movie, with the other sequels planned that he had at the time and we saw in 2017 would not be as good as what we saw yesterday. I think, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, yeah. I but, think it's like a cultural artifact, like a once in a chance, it's like a chance occurrence for that. This yeah. movie happened the way it did when it did. I think, you know, I, I think you're right, but also part of me hopes you're wrong that, you know, maybe <laughs> we can garner enough potential. Cause I'm like, I guess it's pretty clear that justice league, the theatrical release is the canon. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, if that's the canon, like there's room for, cause DC's going multiversal. That's why mm-hmm. I'm like there, if they're doing the multiverse, then just give me, give me simultaneous Robert Pattinson, Batman with Ben Affleck, Batman. Like they're two, enti- yeah. they're two entirely different takes on the same character that are kind of going to be both co- correct. Yeah. And if we're able to have, you know, three different Spider-Man at once, like how come we can't have multiple batman or whatever it be it's yeah like, I, don't know. I mean we're I don't gonna know. have multiple batman with the flash movie michael keaton yeah literally i'm like we yeah. all know that kevin conroy is going to be in that movie in some way or another i'm just going to call it now <laughs> it has to okay? be <laughs> um literally I'm yeah like, there's the one true batman um yeah okay can we go into spoiler territory now yeah yeah spoiler time you've been We've warned been, you have been lads warned. and ladies oh my gosh okay well Oh my gosh. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> so let me just go with the, with the, one of the bigger spoilers tail yeah. end of the movie, like whatever air quotes, post credit scene. Mm-hmm. How did we feel about the post-apocalyptic nightmare Batman that was advertised to us, but really never given to us? Yeah. I, I thought it was probably one of my favorite moments in the film. Really? Um, yeah. I thought it was amazing. Um, yeah. Like, I think especially Ben Affleck being skinnier now and kind of having like a lot of like kind of like the droopier face. Yeah. He kind of fit that post-apocalyptic Batman persona, I think a bit better. Um, And I loved seeing the old cowl, like the BBS cowl versus like the Justice League cowl. Oh, really? I'm the opposite. Really? See, I like the BBS cowl way more. Like I like, I like the flatter face and like the, like the sturdier neck. Um, I think it fits his face better. Like the other one kind of looks a little too, chunky i don't know I'm it looks kind of chubby in the face part right here i'm just in general not in love with the cowl mm. that they gave us uh i just think that um you know i'm not i'm not in love with the cowl they gave us because like i'm bigger ears or something i don't know i just yeah. think that the, if we're going cowls i i really don't even i'm not super nuts over yeah. the pattinson cowl but we haven't seen much yeah. of it but i'm still not nuts yeah i i like i like 
Affleck's Cal much more than Pattinson's Cavill. Do you like, okay, but then comparing the Batman sculpts, uh, how, where does Christian Bales fit in with you? I, I think Ben Affleck's suit is my, is my favorite suit. Like the BVS suit is my favorite suit out of all of them. Oh my God. I just, you know what I really need? I think longer ears. I'm like, just give me yeah. longer ears, man. Like, I, I think, I think seeing like them are not like them afraid to stray away from the all black look and like kind of do like a more comic faithful. It was adaptation. yeah. Yeah. I mean like Michael Keaton's like costume is fairly like accurate and to some like kind of like illustration stuff like that. Yeah. And it's definitely been like inspired in like different, like different stories later on. Um, but I think seeing it, it, it just looks like a real like comic costume brought to the screen. Oh, 100%. And, and, and one that was tailor-made for this like Batman. Um, I think he looks great in it. Um, so, yeah. So anyways, side note from the cows, is like a cow aside. Um, I, <laughs> I'm like, I lo- <laughs> very important tangent though. Very important. <laughs> very important tangent. You learn a um, lot about someone when you find out their preferred Batman cow. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, oh, side, I, also side note, I wish we would have seen some glowing eyes with Ben Affleck's Batman. What do you mean? I think like, like glowing eyes. Like, you know, like comic style, like the white eyes. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. I thought, okay. I thought you were alluding to another character that was yeah, in the yeah, film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, saw, we saw it with the mech suit. Um, yes, like, yes, yes. BBS, but I feel like in the regular suit, kind of seeing something like that. Um, I feel like if, if any Batman was going to have that, it'd be Ben Affleck. But um, I don't know. I love that sequence. Um, I think especially going from the injustice scene that we got, like the injustice society scene that we got, um, uh, or the uh, like, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Um, with Lex and Deathstroke. Yes, yes. Being that, and like also new version of that scene. I so would. That, like, like, I yeah, want to yeah. talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, after um, this. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeing that, and then going to the Nightmare Universe and seeing Deathstroke and Batman working together uh, with Mira, with Joker, yeah. um, with Cyborg, with the Flash, and his time travel suit that we saw in BBS. Yeah. Um, and. Was it somebody else or was that it? Cyborg, Flash, Mira, Batman, Joker. Oh, I said Joker, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Joker, Deathstroke. No, that's it. That's it, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think that, I, I think I, what I loved about that scene was one, seeing all of them working together because it's like, yeah. Uh, one, I I believe that Deathstroke would survive at, up to that point. Oh, yeah. And two, you know they're going to team up when when Superman has gone rogue. Like, oh, yeah. if if I if I were to guess of any of Batman's villains for him to team up with in a post-apocalyptic world, it'd be Deathstroke. Because oh, Deathstroke's yeah. somebody, one, he wants to survive, mm-hmm. and two, he's super smart. So, um, like, he knows he can, he's somebody who I think is able to compartmentalize any anger he has towards Batman to fight towards a broader goal of saving his own skin. Yeah, um, yeah. Because uh, that's kind yeah. of, if you look at that character, that's his main motivation. Classic yeah. anti-hero yeah he's just looking out for he's looking out for number one it's like and he'll do you know he'll work with whoever he needs to to kind of make that happen um so and then like to get to the joker stuff like Mm -hmm. i love i honestly love seeing jerry little joker again yes i was stoked about it and this is a super important scene too because you know technically we have not seen that that is the first batman joker interaction that we have ever seen and so like they're yeah, car chase and suicide squad, but like yeah. that they don't talk and there's no talking, yeah. you know, there's no real mm-hmm. interaction except for Batman on the roof of the car. Great sequence, by the way. But, um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't get to really see any of Jared Lowe's Joker. And so that was yeah. number one, probably the most dialogue we've heard him 
say? I think so. Yeah. And like, he still had a little bit of the Jim Carrey thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but, but it toned it down a little bit to where it wasn't like, it wasn't bothering me as much. Yeah. And like, I don't know, like just seeing them have a conversation and like, yeah, like he tell he tells him that he he's going to kill him at some point, but like, he's not right now because he needs something from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but seeing it like, yeah, like it's that bad that they're working together and like, they're even able like the world is so like gone to hell that they are able to sit next to each other, not fight and just chat about something. And, and it's something that's really dark and really gnarly. And like, they're still throwing jabs at each other, but that kind of like dark friendship between them or that dark bond that like, they kind of allude allude to, he's like, you're my best friend. Like you won't kill me. Like kind of like you, we need each other. It's like, you know, I'm sure in th- I'm sure in this world, like I kind of believe that Batman likes having him around in some dark, twisted way. Yeah. Um, it felt it felt really good. I liked it a lot. I wanted to see more of it. Um, wait, so I, that was one of the things that really didn't sit well with me is like not that they were together at the end, but yeah. when Batman straight up just like, Oh, dude, yeah, I'm gonna fucking kill you. And and that's word for word. I'm not trying to be explicit. Yeah, anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says that and I'm like okay, come on. Like Batman doesn't kill. Like this is fundamental in the character. And like, yeah. Otherwise he would have done it a long time ago. Yeah. But to, you know, counterpoint myself, I, I wasn't in love with that specific dialogue piece, Okay. but him saying, but like it's when the Joker reveals like we know and Zack Snyder has always implied, but it's not like for the fans. Mm-hmm. He killed not Jason Todd Robin. Mm-hmm. Joker killed Dick Grayson Robin. Yeah. And so him kind of alluding to that, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. like that's <laughs> I was down with that. And I was like, oh man, because also it's an alternative world where Joker knows who Batman is. He calls yeah. him Bruce. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. So yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. The I don't then I think in the nightmare world, anything goes for me when it comes to Batman. Yeah. Um, like if he kills people, if he doesn't like using a gun. Yeah, I, I, I I do not care. Like the world's gone at that point. Yeah, and it's like the world's like the world has ended. My rules have ended because it's a new world with new rules. Um, yeah. So it's like that didn't bother me. I if it, if <laughs> if it were like them meeting on the street and he's like, I'm gonna kill you. Like then I'd be like, what? <laughs> like what are you saying? But I think them. I think Batman just like being at the end of his rope. And like just trying to cling to those around him as like a support system when like his former best friend is literally hunting them down. Um, that I, I I was totally on board for it. I loved it. Yeah. 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 You know, great. And I'm glad yeah. you did. I was that was my one thing with that sequence. I was like, oh come on. But uh, yeah. I, think, I think I don't. No, go ahead. I don't think you're wrong. You know what I mean? I yeah. just think if I had my, you know, it's it's me being a nitpicky fan. Um, yeah. I think it's like seeing Jared Little Joker in a different light. I, yeah, I'm so, yeah. That you want to talk about an actor of probably I'd argue one of the characters in this entire franchise that has been the most underserved and unfairly mm-hmm. ridiculed was, uh, you know, next to Ben Affleck's Batman was Jared Leto's Joker. It was yeah. just like talk about shortchanged. He, like, you know, yeah. we are judging him off of I'm not even get like ten minutes in a in a film, and then he yeah. just is. It's probably last. It's probably like five minutes. He's in the movie, like he's, barely anything. He's barely in the movie, and then he just gets trampled on over and over. And I'm like, nobody. That was one of the few casting decisions in DC history. Nobody was like 
upset when he was cast yeah. as Joker. Everyone yeah. was hyped. And it's like, you see it. yeah. Yeah. David Ayer was not, I don't know if it's David Ayer. I don't know whose writing it was that kind of, you know, because yeah. now there's a whole release the air cut movement. Yeah. That them, just, not, them not making him the villain of that film was what broke that film. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, I, yeah, it was because I think he, and he is his idea to come back. Like he asked Zack Snyder to come back and do this scene. Like, oh, wow. They weren't, they weren't trying to put Joker in this. It was his idea. Um, so I think he was kind of also looking for, okay, like, hey, like I trust Zack Snyder with this. And it's like, I'm looking for, I'm probably never going to play this character again. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of looking for like one last exit to kind of try to redeem this character a tiny bit and like my own performance. Um, yeah. Think- yeah, absolutely. I think you did great. Um, I just was, I was looking for redemption, you know what I mean? And I'm glad he got redemption too. Yeah. Okay. Now, okay. We're going to do something weird, but we're going to go <laughs> back to the boat sequence and then let's go back to the beginning of the film. <laughs> then we'll hit the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're hitting it with the end, but I, you know, I wanted to hit bring it up because this is something that was advertised to us, but we didn't quite get, and so yeah, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring it up. So now with the boat sequence, where I thought that entire sequence with Jesse Eisenberg and Lex Luthor was Whedon. That was one of the things where I was like, I thought that entire scene was mm-hmm. redone. I thought, and, I thought that too, and I was like, oh wow, like this yeah. is in this cut. But you had told me last time we talked that you know he was in or like that scene in justice league was coming but this scene wasn't in justice league they re it was they reshot it for the weeding cut they reshot okay so but like just that must have just been like him on the boat then or like even just jesse eisenberg's yeah because the because joe manganello who plays deathstroke he he didn't like that version of the scene in the weeding cut and he posted a bunch on instagram he's like you should have seen the real version like the original version of the scene it would have blown your mind yeah so so yeah, they um, and he was like teasing a bunch on Instagram for, right before this came out, like oh check out wait for this scene it's it's gonna rock your world. Oh, um, and also wait 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 another character that was so unbelievably more underserved than Dread Lotus Joker was Joe's Deathstroke. Yeah, like the <laughs> three seconds we got him, and then <laughs> and we're never so gonna good. see him again. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Literally, that, like literally dreamcasting him. Like was, he's, a, he's a dreamcast for that for that role. It makes sense for someone to play Flash Thompson and then play Deathstroke. That was just yeah. on brand. Like, was yeah. it Tony Revolori, their next Deathstroke? So- <laughs> <laughs> well, because so, so at this time, uh, like when they originally shot the scene, like Ben Affleck's Batman had, was having his own solo movie pretty soon. Yeah. And Deathstroke was going to be the villain of that movie. Um, and so this was all kind of setting up that, you know, him finding out who he is and then having like a hush style story where he just like, no, finds out his secret identity and like systematically tries to destroy his life. Yeah. And um, death strokes are very, and they want to, I know that they want to do a fight sequence a la Batman Arkham Origins, that really infamous trailer that came out. Yes. Uh, they wanted to replicate some of that in the film and I would have yeah. died. And yeah. Oh man, it was so good. But anyways, anyways, well, okay, so been. it really is. And now I'm, I'm just getting more upset that we don't get more. Yeah. Um. Okay. So going back into spoiler territory, let's go over some of the other. Did we talk about how we felt about the four-hour runtime? Uh, a little bit, yeah. How'd I, you feel, like overall? Uh, I wish it they would have done it into episodes. Actually, um, like fr- like every fr- I couldn't handle that. I think I think the, I think Snyder wanted to do that, um, but for some reason the studio's lawyers would not let them put into episodes. Like they mm-hmm. made it be a movie um, for some weird reason. Um, yeah, I was reading about it the other day. So 
I think I think Snyder originally wanted to be episodes. It's kind of why he did the parts. I think like part one, part two, part three um, to kind of break it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, same here. I think we we did go into that. Um, yeah. Okay. There's now in this film an entire arc with Darkseid where we got some some uh, context into Steppenwolf mm-hmm. and kind of why he's doing what he's doing. Oh, I guess this is a two-part question. Number one, how do you feel about the change in Steppenwolf's costume? And then number two is, how did you feel about... Because, you know, that scene was reshot in Whedon's Justice League where I think they made it Steppenwolf who came to yeah. Earth and then all, you know, the the predecessors, Atlan and uh, yeah. Hippolyta and... Zeus. and Zeus, That was Zeus. I was like, I was like who's yeah, this? Yeah, Zeus and Ares. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so... Yeah. Um, all those people came. So how did you feel about that being dark side? And then how did you feel about the Steppenwolf costume change? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hit on Steppenwolf first. Um, I think Steppenwolf is probably one of the biggest improvements in the film. Absolutely. Um, he, he was my, dare I say, my least favorite part of the Whedon cut yeah. of Justice League. Just because he was like the most cliched, run-of-the-mill, boring-to-look-at supervillains I've probably seen in a movie I think he was more boring than Malekith in Thor the Dark World. Which like, is tough, yeah. Yeah, he gave me Malekith vibes, and Malekith was bad in Thor the yeah. Dark World. Which and is sad, like, too, because I love Malekith. He's my favorite Thor yeah. villain. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, and it's like... Um, but even in Malekith, like, it had Christopher Eccleston, who did, who was Doctor Who, and he's like a bunch of other stuff. Oh. Like, they had a really fun actor playing him, so even, like, there was something redeeming there for me. Yeah. Um, in that film, but it's like... In this, it's like, oh, it was so horrible. And it was like the most like cliche dialogue, vague, like vague intentions and motivations for why he's doing this just because he wants to conquer. Yeah. Like, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, but in this one, like one, the redesign, he is so much more interesting to look at. His knives and, for shoulders. <laughs> yeah, like they made they made it so much more fun and like just way over the top. And I actually feel like he's somebody from Apocalypse now. Yeah. Um, not just like some gray guy with a helmet on. Mm-hmm. um and dressed like a knight um and so and also like giving us that extra time to kind of get a little bit into his motivations and his backstory especially when it comes to dark side yeah um like it actually gave like the character some substance to where i was oh. like hey like i i understand kind of why Stephen wolf is doing this like he betrayed and they didn't have to explain it explicitly like we get the gist of it like he betrayed dark side most likely trying to usurp the throne of apocalypse and he's lost favor. And the only reason he's doing this is because he's trying to be able to go back home to apocalypse and like live life there. Like he used to. So it's like, I, I completely understand. And he looks much more menacing and like a monster and like gross to look at. It's like, Oh, like I understand why dark side hates you. Mm. Um, Like you are look like a little prick. Um, But yeah, I think even just giving us that little bit of time with him to kind of understand him, and it wasn't even a lot. Like it was so like it was like conversation, yeah. just like yeah, like like one or two conversations and like five extra minutes with him. It made such a drastic change with his character. So I was like, yeah, it's it maybe not the best villain in the whole world, yeah, but at least I understand him and I understand why he is doing the things he's doing in this movie, and that's enough motivation for me to be on board. Yeah, and I think that yeah. too, uh, this movie did better than Batman v Superman. Uh, Steppenwolf, like he he was meant to set up 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, it was meant to set up Darkseid the whole time. And so to yes. see him and like, you know, we understand why he's, you have a vague understanding of why he's doing what he's doing. We see the clear power structure within him. Like he's a, a, a physical threat. And then, um, you know, we see Darkseid, who's the real, real threat, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and so uh, I think that was very rewarding and very... Um, cool to to go through so yeah yeah i liked i liked this costume i realized uh i think what you said too is really true i realized that i really liked the costume change um and then i really liked the uh like like it like breathed with him which made it look like otherworldly mm-hmm. tech and i was like that's that's just cool yeah yeah it didn't look like he stole it like his costume from like an american history or like a european history museum <laughs> like yeah, exactly not, like some like old king arthur outfit and it's like it actually felt like something like otherworldly. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so then how did you feel about the predecessor fight with dark side? Because frankly, I did not think that if I was like thinking of things to cut out of the movie, I'd, I'd have thought that was unnecessary. And they could have just yeah. said some dialogue, like it's like the prophecy foretold and then dark side. That's just yeah. me. Yeah. I didn't mind it. I liked it better than I liked it way more than the Steppenwolf fight, um, in the original cut. Mm-hmm. Um, like, because they still had that same fight, and they just switched it out with Darkseid this time. Yeah, literally. Um, it was fun seeing a Green Lantern in action. Um, yes, the only time yeah, we'll ever. The only time, I know. We saw, there was, like, a brief Green Lantern shot in the weeding cut, but it was, like, it was, like, a second, and it was gone. It was him in the sky with the green, like, plasma trail. That's it. Yeah, yeah. This one, we actually saw, like, a little bit of something, and I was like, okay, like, sure, I'm down. I don't um, care that, yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I liked it a lot more than the other one. Uh, I... And well, this, this is like this one happens later in the film, but like Steppenwolf like hits the ground and like he sees the anti-life equation, and it's like the same pattern that Darkseid sees when he shoves his axe into the ground in the past. Yeah. It's like so did Darkseid know then that the anti-life equation was here, and did he just forgot, or like did he not know? It, that was a little vague for me. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, I didn't know that that's what happened when that happened. I was like, I just yeah. thought they were just like, oh, get, it's like almost like stamping something when they like hit their yeah. axe. And so I thought that was like their insignia because Darkseid's was the Omega symbol and that's like his symbol. Yeah. But like Steppenwolf's was different when you saw Steppenwolf's. So I don't, yeah, I really yeah, don't know. They both like hit the hit the ground and then they got that similar pattern, like all the lava or like whatever it is, like went into the ground. It's like, and then right after that, Steppenwolf's like, anti-life is here. And I was like, oh, I was like, did, and did Darkseid know that? And like, did he just like forget after he almost got killed when he was here, like in the past? That's okay, like yes. 5,000 years ago or whatever. Okay. And know. here's my number two. Maybe you can answer this for me because this is my number two grievance with that scene. And this is mm-hmm. why Darkseid came in and we are supposed to believe he is like the ultimate threat. You know, yeah. he's being built up. One rando dude with an axe just axes his shoulder, axes his shoulder. <laughs> well, that was Ares. Oh, thank you. Okay. That's yeah. who that was. I was like, who is yeah. this guy? And like, why is, yeah. I thought it was a random Viking dude. No, yeah, yeah. I think, and also like when a detail I saw on this one that was not in the first one. Um, cause I don't even, I don't think Ares was in the first one. They added Ares back in this one. Yeah. Um, like when they first, cause the first, like the week that we get only had Zeus, um, and Artemis, like the girl, the archer. Um, yeah. and this one, I think they added in Ares and it was the same act, or at least it looked just like the same actor from who played Ares in Wonder Woman. Oh, um, that old guy. So, I think they were trying to keep continuity here, continuity there. Um, So, but, um, yeah, I, oh, also that wasn't necessarily, I think the the point was that's not like a, a boss level dark side at that point. Yeah. Like he's still like an early days dark side because he didn't have the Omega Force yet. 
Oh, is that what Darkseid has? Yeah, like the be- like the Omega Beams. Oh, yeah. I didn't know those. Oh, yeah. I just thought if I, I never knew. I thought he had powers. I just thought those yeah. were his powers. I think, I think like most of the times we see him, like we never really see him get those in the comics. Like he just has them. Yeah, that's my yeah. been my experience. Yeah, but I think like like with his like backstory, mm-hmm. like he, it was something he got at one point in his life. Um, know, yeah, yeah. You know who also kinda is like, like Thanos without the Infinity Stones? Exactly. Yeah, like a young, arrogant Thanos. Yeah. I get, I get that vibe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Wait, another another Easter egg with Dark Side because we didn't get much of it. But you know, he, oh, he was yeah. being set up, and that's yeah. as much as we got. But. Freaking M was Granny Goodness. I loved that mm-hmm. casting. Yeah. I just needed yeah. to really mention that. And I was like, oh, that would have been great. And there's <laughs> actually, for the fans, there's still potential for that too because mm. it hasn't been removed from the slate, but Ava DuVernay, gods. yeah. And the Tom King New Gods movie is still supposed to be coming out. Yeah. Um, okay, then here's something that you may be able to help, but I wasn't a huge fan of, but yeah, it's a it. major Easter egg. Martian Manhunter. You had told me it was Swanwick, and I was like, ooh, his voice, perfect, perfect thing ever. Yeah. But for me, it was the reveal. I was like, that was a, yeah. what just happened there? He's like, okay, I need you to like stop mourning your husband. And she's like, okay. <laughs> Leaves the room. It's not Martha Kent. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. So that was the original, that was in the original concept art, um, that scene. Like they storyboarded that scene like at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so that was like in his original vision for that scene to happen. Um, I thought it was, I, I don't know. I felt like such a, a nothing moment and kind of just a waste for yeah. a waste of the character. It like wasn't ha- as have him show up in the final battle. Like literally I'm like, yeah, like it'd be so easy. If, um, if he's here now, I'm like, he's here now. Yeah. Um, and like the CGI did not look great. No, it looked kind of like, look kind of like CW CGI. Yeah. Um, yeah, it did. It, it it honestly it looked too. I think it, it. I know it looks different than the than the Supergirl Martian Manhunter. Of course, but it looks similar enough to where I was like, is this really that different? Like, because you see in the in the concept art for it, like he has like the narrow face, yeah. like he does in like some of the comics or like in just the Justice animated show. Yeah, like that very narrow, long face. Yeah, yeah. I thought we were gonna have something like that. Because no. like I was like, but he looked nothing like the concept art. Um, yeah. And I was like, this just kind of feel this screams CW to me, um, which is fine. And yeah. it's like, and I get that they probably we, li- we like the CW. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, I think they, I think honestly, part of it is like they, for such a brief appearance in the movie, they probably didn't want to spend that much money to make the CGI like incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, they only gave him like forty million dollars to make all this, so yeah. it's like they probably put most of that towards Darkseid and Steppenwolf, and which, it looked great. I get, yeah. It looks, I I don't have any complaints about any of that. So, I'd rather have them look good than Martian Manhunter look good for ten seconds. Literally um, ten seconds. Yeah, and also like in the end of at the post credit post credit scene when he reveals himself to Batman, like he <laughs> he kind of does the thing, and it's the problem that I had in the Vision finale, or not the Wonder Vision finale in like two episodes before it, when uh, Agatha Harkness reveals herself to Wanda, yeah. and she's like. Name's Agatha Harkness, like, like Wanda's supposed to know who that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's for it's for us, the viewers. Like, that's that's the viewer. That's her telling us, the viewers, who she is that we've known all along. It's like, but that kind of takes you out of the show and takes you out of the movie when that kind of thing happens. It's like, yeah. yeah, I know you're talking to me. You're not talking to the character. 
you're telling me who you are. Yeah. And it's like, some people call me the Martian Manhunter. It's like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> Very ex- ex- like specific name people call you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you really need to say your superhero name right this second. Like, just like, say, you can just say, hey, I'm Jean. Like, yeah, I'm Jean Jones. Jones. Yeah, it's like, that would be, mu- that felt, that would feel much more natural. Um, him saying, some people call me the Martian Manhunter. And it's like, I was like, okay, like, sure. <laughs> Sure. All right. <laughs> All right. Roll credits. That was good. And then they're like, okay, back on this yacht. I'm like, what? It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like the hips kept coming. Um, yeah. Okay. That was the one thing is like, yes, I felt like it wasn't as much as a reveal as much as it was random. That's what my buddy said. And I was yeah. like, oh, it man. felt very random. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, you're here now. And I'm like, <laughs> that just any, you know, that's my like, Again, with this movie, the good really outweighs the bad. And that's not bad. That's exciting. I'm glad to see this character I love. Yeah. But it's like, oh, okay, yeah. like now what? You know? Um, he, he, he didn't serve any function in the movie. He literally is only in the movie because Zack Snyder wanted him to be that character eventually. And he yeah. knows that he's not going to get to show him as that character later on. So he's like, hey, I just want to remind everyone that I was going to do this thing. So here's this character that I was going to use one day. Yeah. He's not doing anything in this movie. But, you know, I was going to show him sometime. So yeah. there we go. So. Yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah. Um. Okay, I don't have too many more questions. Uh, how did you like the extra time spent with Cyborg and the Flash? Okay, so I think so. I think the characters, I think the character like changes were the best improvements in this film. Yeah. Um. So I think Cyborg. Uh, I think Cyborg got the biggest character upgrade. Yes. Out of any of the characters, I don't think that's. I think that everyone would agree with that, um, because he was actually in the movie. <laughs> like he was not in the movie in oh, the yeah. leading cut. Like maybe, maybe like we have like five minutes with him, um, but it's like it. And I feel so bad for Ray Fisher. Yeah, um, the last time we're ever kind of like talk him. about this. Like, yeah, one's last time we're ever going to see him, and two, it's like he's talked very publicly about like how much like Joss Whedon like kind of like emotionally or verbally verbally like abused him on set and all this yeah. stuff and how like the studio did not like support him um and like how Zack Snyder had like plans for him to kind of be like the emotional heart of the movie yeah um and we didn't cut all of that out all um, of it yeah all his backstory yeah li- like literally all of it um uh, we saw him maybe for five minutes in the we didn't cut and so that was really disappointing when I saw that originally but in seeing this movie like and he was like all honestly one of the main characters in this film yeah um, like it was his story that was like the emotional heart of it and like it was his journey that we kind of followed the most in like kind of figuring out who he is um and i had a great time with it like i i'm sad we're not going to get to see a cyborg movie because i feel like he would have some great stuff to do yeah um but yeah yeah, what do you they, think? What do you think? I think his powers demonstrated in this film were like very cool. I actually really like the way they did like the jetpack kind of sequences, like where he could fly around because yeah. I've never formally seen Cyborg like fly, but it makes sense. If you're a big tech guy, you got mm-hmm. lasers coming up the wazoo, like you can have jetpack. Like it totally makes sense. Yeah. And so I really liked the way they gave that him they, his Man of Steel flight moments. Yes. And and we needed that. And like I think yeah. that his the demonstration of his powers too, like where we kind of had the flashbacks and going in his head and his dad explaining to him, Hey, this is actually what you can do. Like you are, he's like, you yeah. may not want to talk to me. Uh, I thought that his origin story that was 
you know, kind of pigeonholed into this movie. Well, not this one, but even the one before it, but I still think they could have spent more time with him. Um, I thought mm-hmm. that it was pretty well done, but I feel like some of the beats yeah. that could have happened, like I felt like Aquaman having to explain to the Flash that he that he has no right fighting in this battle because of how much pain he's endured like recently. I was like, I don't know. That just didn't like that didn't yeah. lot Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That just didn't do it for me. I was like, I just didn't like that dialogue. Yeah. Or like what it was trying yeah. to do or convey to me. Cause I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. Diana just apparently, according to Steppenwolf, lost her mom. You know, uh, <laughs> Bruce, like Flash's dad's in jail. Like, this is not like you guys are a ragtag group of group of people. <laughs> like, it's not everyone has stakes, yeah. you know? And so I don't know. That just didn't do yeah. it for me. And him fulfilling that need as the emotional heart, I don't know if it if it landed for me. But mm. I liked it. I liked the extra time. You know what I mean? Just giving giving time yeah. to those characters to shine and just putting context into all of it is my favorite thing. Just give me context. So that was really great. And that's, yeah. I guess, you know, probably why, again, the Martian Manhunter thing fell flat because I had no context, you know, mm-hmm. so. But otherwise. Yeah, and I think that's like the biggest. Yeah. No, oh, go ahead. You can go. Yeah, it's like, I feel like that's the biggest difference in this film is that giving us that time to get to know these characters and to kind of like just sit with them like for extended periods of time and like kind of get in their headspace, figure out where their heart's at or where their mind's at, like what their motivations are and all of this, like it makes us care about them to where we did not care about them in the previous film. Like we kind of cared about Batman a little bit, but then yeah. like it felt like a different Batman in that movie. And so, and we haven't really spent enough time with Wonder Woman and like that in this part of the universe to really, or even in that film to really care about what she was like going through or thinking about. So it's like, in this film in spending all these extra time with these characters, like we, we started to feel for them and we started to empathize with them and root for them. Like I wanted yeah. them to win. Like I yeah, was, yeah. I was on their side. Yeah. Um, no, right, what do you totally think about the agree. flash in this film? Flash. Wait, really quick too. I wanted to, uh, with cyborgs origin or, or origin. I got it right. I was, I, th- I thought I said Oregon, but I was about origin to trail with, <laughs> with, um, I really like how they tied in Ryan Choi. Uh, who is for the fans? Yeah, he's, he's the atom, and he was like, "Oh man, the nanotechnology yeah. head at Star Labs." I was like, "Oh, that's great!" And I was like, "Oh man, you're setting yeah. that up too. That could have been really cool." Um, Flash, I know, yeah, I loved. Okay, so I don't really like the quippy Flash. If anything, I think that like, I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't find anyone on the Justice League very funny. Like, which is fine. I think yeah. it can be Flash. Like they kind of gave him the that construct of him being quippy and stuff like that is very much from like the justice league animated series, I think. And big props yeah. to Michael. And it's Rosenbaum. Wally West, I even very yeah, exactly. And yeah, that one, seriously. Yeah. And so I'm like big shout out to Michael Rosenbaum for kind of making that a character feature that can like, you know, work. And, but I liked Ezra Miller's flash a lot. Like I thought my yeah. favorite, my favorite little beats with those characters, like, you know, in DC culture is like flash is always late, even though he has super speed. I just <laughs> love that. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just such a little character moment. Like Lois Lane is like this amazing reporter who can't spell. I just stuff like that. I'm like, Oh, that gets me every time. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. And flash is also just, when you talk about cinematic superheroes that you can make cool flash is easily, I think it's easier to make flash look cooler. Like, cool than it is for batman to look cool you know what i mean like all those super mm-hmm. speed sequences were um, like beautiful and amazing and like him saving yeah. iris west like that was one of the coolest mm-hmm. like for the fans that may not know kiersey clemens is confirmed iris west and so 
Him yeah. saving her. We'll see them. if she's still Iris West in the solo film. No, they said it. They said it. They confirmed she's back. Oh, she's going to be in that film too? Yes. Oh, awesome. That's good. Yeah. I, that. I love that. I love that for both of them. And so Ezra Miller, yeah. I actually really like as an actor. I think he has the chops and playing the youngest one on the team, mm-hmm. whatever, ragtag. I liked it. I liked it. I liked his super speed. I liked his kind of cluelessness. He was our window into like what their world would be. And they needed someone like that. And whether or not I think that's the flash, I'm glad they chose him. You know what I mean? Cause it could have also easily been like Diana yeah. cause she doesn't understand man's world, but I guess catch point two, she's been there for a hundred mm-hmm. years now. So I don't know. Yeah. True. Yeah. I think, I think the flash was right next to cyborg was like the biggest upgrade. Um, because like we, you know, it's like in the reading cut, I felt like they were trying to make him Spider-Man so hard. Mm-hmm. Like just trying to have him be the young, goofy, dorky, quippy kid. Yeah. Um, and that's just not him. And and that's what like, you know, it's like, and there's still funny moments like in this film. Like there's most moments where he's funny or he's kind of like, he's the youngest one there and he's like really inexperienced. He's brand new. Yeah. He's still kind of learning about his powers. Um, and like he's you know, it's okay that he's like a little quirky and like having fun with it. Yeah. And I, I didn't mind that. Like there's little moments of humor that are like that feel okay. It's like, they just took out so much of that extra quip stuff. Like mm. the, oh, the brunch conversation oh, he yeah. had with Batman. Like what is brunch? Like, oh my God. Like I wanted to blow my brains out when I heard that in that movie. I was like, this movie was maybe funny 10 years ago and it wasn't funny 10 years ago. Yeah, um, my favorite commentator so, said that that line, it was like, like, it's it's a fifty year old man writing writing a young adult who de- clearly doesn't understand it what is. young adults talk about. Yeah, it is. It radicalized me. I think that ra- <laughs> that scene in that first movie radicalized me. Like Jack I was so a- upset when I heard that. Jack's that like, I don't even hate, go to brunch. I, it, made, <laughs> it made me viscerally angry at Joss Whedon for letting that happen in that movie. I was like, this is and and doing it twice, yeah. like doing it at the end of the movie too. He's like, oh, and with the Superman bad. race scene. Yeah, and he's like. He says they have brunch. He's like, oh, don't get me started on brunch. Blah, 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 blah. I'm a funny yeah. teen. And it's like, no, you're not. Like, yeah. you're 80 years old. Um, and also, wait, and wait, never wait. Met one, somebody under 20. Yeah, one more with that is that uh, I think, oh, I forgot what I was going to say, but you're great. You're great. It's brunch is, brunch <laughs> is great. I just think that Barry, yeah. Barry's a freaking great character and I liked him. I guess yeah. that's but yeah, but we're seeing We're seeing Barry, like, you know, like Barry's one of the most powerful characters in this universe. And we're seeing, yes. we're seeing that potential there. Like he's not there yet. Like, cause he's still a goofball who trips over himself constantly. Um, but he, we're seeing that those glimpses of his like immense power and how mm. he's afraid to tap into that because he doesn't think he can control it. Um, and, he's afraid, and we see it yeah. like in the film, like he goes for it. Yeah. He's afraid. And it's like, I, I want to see more of that. Like I was really enjoying, I'm like, yeah, like I, I don't buy the him being the quippy dork, like making jokes about everything all the time, being the jokester. I under, I get him being insecure about his powers and being afraid to use them because he, he knows how incredible they are. Yeah, uh, and he's, his, he's afraid of what he will happen. And his like naivete, like I think that's the, yeah. the feature yeah. I love. Like that's the quirky endearing part about him. And that's what makes him accessible to us. Yeah. Cause it's like, I don't know what it's like. And you know, Here's a prop to the Whedon cut. I did like the moment when he was uh, with Batman and, you know, they're rescuing Silas Stone and he's like, I don't know what to do. I'm afraid. And Batman's like, just save one person. Yeah. And it's like, I liked that moment. And it's I like, think I, yeah, I would have liked that moment if it was in the third act. 
um, in that film. Because that film, like, that, because at that time, like, we, they weren't supposed to be working together well. And that's yeah. kind of what happened in this film. Like, they weren't working together in this scene, and things went sideways. Um, and they were still trying to figure out how to do things together. And that scene, in that, like, speech that Batman gave him, it felt kind of like a cliche third act scene mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, you can do this, Barry. Like, you've had these missteps, but you can do, like, you can do this thing. Yeah. And it's like, um, it didn't feel like the, it felt out of place in that film. And in this film, we saw Barry do the reverse time thing and like yeah. go back in time to save everybody. And he kind of had that conversation with himself. Like How he did didn't you... need Batman to do that. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, like I, he, I he had that moment. Yeah, no, yeah. I say, yeah, he had that moment of like, okay, I, I, there's, it doesn't matter if a question of if I can or cannot do this. I have to do this. And, and like, I have to try. Oh my gosh. Okay. Like, let's just talk about the climax of the film then, because I think that was, yeah, that's the thing I think that surprised me the most, because frankly, in the last movie I was burned in the climax of the film where they just kind of like shoved it all. Like I just keep thinking about the, them nuking Superman and doomsday, then them coming back down to the ground and doomsday has freaking (laughs) nuclear like stomping explosion powers. And I'm like, I just don't know what happened. And then, they, they shoved everything into the very end and we're like, what just happened? Yeah. This one I think was the best, like one of the best superhero climax fight sequences I've ever seen. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was because it portrayed in, in the same ways it's everything that we didn't cut, like didn't have in that moment. It's, they portrayed as everything yeah. was going to be like, uh, you know, it almost looked like, oh, wow, are they going to make it? Are they going to make it? We don't know. We don't know. And then it's like, oh, all hope yeah. got lost when Barry couldn't hold his potential because Cyborg was waiting and Steppenwolf was a genuine threat to everyone there. Um, and then yeah. it was, that was like, oh, I actually just love that so much. And then Barry like pretty much got laid out by one of the cannons because Cyborg was taking too long. And I was yeah. like, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, like what's gonna happen? And then this was my favorite Barry sequence too, when he just says, like, you know, Batman's like, Barry, are you okay? Barry, are you okay? We need you right now. And he's like, I just got the wind knocked out of me. Yeah. And you could tell like his voice is quivering, like he's crying, you know. I was like, Oh, he's and scary, you, yeah. You yeah. looked and he got freaking like gutted. <laughs> he got hit once early yeah. in the movie and he yeah. was like, Oh, ouchie. And like now he's like genuinely hurt and he's like it's not about me right now. Like I need to save everyone. And then mm-hmm. he is like, he was too late. And he even did the phasing thing, which was so freaking cool. And then he's like, yeah, he did it. You know, I think I love that yeah. Superman wasn't the one to save everyone and kind of Barry being the one yeah. to do it. I was like, Oh my gosh, that was just so freaking perfect. I just yeah. need, I need yeah, to get that like, off my chest. Yeah. No, no, I, and I agree. And bouncing off that, it's like in the weeding cut, like, you know, Superman, kind of came back and he was like, I'm all perfect again. And he was like way, I mean, he was a little over OP in that last film. Um, mm-hmm. He was still pretty OP in this movie too, but yeah. like it, it felt more natural in this film. But basically when Superman came back in the first movie, I didn't feel like anyone was in danger anymore. Yeah. Like it felt like, okay, problem's gone. Like this is like seven wolves done, like problem's over. In this film, Superman came back and the world still blew up. Yeah. And it's like, and he was still wrecking shop. And he was still like tossing around Steppenwolf like he was nothing, um, which I'm but, fine with that because yeah. like Superman should be way more powerful than Steppenwolf. But despite that, the world, they still lost. Mm-hmm. And like the world, and the world still blew up. And it was only because of Barry and like his power that only Barry has that he was able to 
you know, despite his fear, despite his insecurity, kind of press into that and display this incredible power in reverse time. And it's like, so, um, yeah, I love that a lot. I thought it was amazing. Um, that was yeah, like, one if of it the, felt like, yeah, no, yeah so it felt like, it felt like, it felt like Superman had a place in the team now rather than just being like a team and Superman. Like, yeah, Superman could do, take care of all of this for us. Like, why are we here? It's like, no, he couldn't. Yeah. And even the Superman scene with, with Steppenwolf at the end, when he kind of came back, uh, also we, it would be, you know, beside myself, I would be beside myself. If I didn't mention like, uh, the beauty of the black Superman suit. I did not think that would work on camera. Oh, it was beautiful. Um, it looks so good. Yeah. Or I'd be remiss. That's what I'm going to say. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. Uh, go, yeah. The fight against Steppenwolf, uh, I thought was so impressive because he was just mm-hmm. like, Steppenwolf wasn't a challenge when in the Joss cut, but in the Snyder cut, when Superman's like, I still felt like Steppenwolf was a threat. And then the, uh, the added pressure of the looming dark side. I was like, yeah. I was down yeah. with it. I was just yeah. It's like, and once, cause like once Superman got there, like naturally the, the threat comes down a little bit. The power dynamic Superman shift. Superman. And yeah. 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 But once Superman got there, the dark side of it all became a lot more real and dark side, what the door was literally opening up to dark side and to where it's like, okay, now like where this threat I feel like has been mitigated a little bit, the brand, the bigger threat is now presenting itself. And I'm still fearing for the characters at this point. Yes. Cause I feel like once in the week that once Superman, like when Superman came back, it kind of took me out of the movie a little bit. Cause I was like, okay, I feel like the movie's over. Like yeah. I was saying earlier, it's like, but in this one, like, they kept, they kept pushing the envelope about what the threat is and how big the threat actually is. To where I was never, I never lost interest or never like stopped fearing for the characters. Um, yeah. And it was really well done, I think. I think so yeah. too. I think um, exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's the fight, oh, real quick, the ironic thing is, I think one thing I really liked about this fight and that um, I feel like sometimes in like some of these kind of films, like it can just feel like a big CGI mess about what the final, like the third act is and just like, laser shooting everywhere and stuff flying all over the place is kind of hard to follow and this one kind of felt like what i liked about the avengers which is ironic yeah. in that the first avengers were kind of following different groups of characters fighting the battle in different ways like is we're seeing Infinity War? fight on the ground no no in, in the oh, original avengers first avengers okay like with the shatari yes. yeah yeah like we're seeing we're seeing captain america fight on the ground we're seeing hawkeye fighting in the skies and shooting arrows uh, we're seeing black widow fighting the wrong way we're seeing iron man fighting the big like flying monsters, seeing Hulk smashing these around and Thor, yeah. like plucking up the hole with lightning. It's like, we're following these different characters and different little vignettes with the overall battle. Um, and it's making it feel a lot more grounded and like a lot more, like I can follow what's going on. Um, and I feel like this film did that as well too. And without Joss Whedon. <laughs> um, yeah. And that it was like, we were following Batman and him like kind of taking out parademons and like making his way to the top and like getting the like the like the shield down. We're seeing Cyborg working on the boxes and like fighting along the way. We're seeing Aquaman fighting through the skies and just like being Aquaman. Yeah, being and we're seeing dope bro Aquaman. The flash fight. Being dope bro Aquaman. Yeah. Um, but we're all seeing them in different little areas, kind of fighting the battle. Um, like Aquaman and Wonder Woman fighting with Steppenwolf. Like everybody's kind of doing their own thing. And it made it feel a lot more real and like much easier to follow rather than just like big explosions and lasers everywhere to I'm like, this is just like a sensory overload. I, I totally agree. And I think that um, with, 
it wasn't sensory overload. I really like the way you put that because um, yeah. it had the potential to be, and it totally didn't. Mm-hmm. And also, I, I was really fascinated by the way that Steppenwolf was kind of able. He didn't not quite him the Flash or him in Batman, but the way Steppenwolf triggered Diana, I really, I really yeah. liked. He's like he he held her uh, Amazonian like heritage against her. He's like, oh, like your sisters, mm-hmm. you left your island, and I was like, oh, like. Yeah. He's like, you're the last one that you're, you abandoned your post. And I was like, Ooh, like, I just love that. And then because when I had originally heard, cause I I remember him saying like, Oh yeah, they open up a a boom tube to dark side and they cut off Steppenwolf's head and send it back to him. And I was like, I was like, Oh my gosh, Mm. that sounds a little grotesque. (laughs) Uh, It was just my, in my opinion. And then, but finding out what, why Diana's the one who did that. Absolutely. Like, yep. Totally 100%. Yeah. All I realized too within yeah. all of this Snyder Cut stuff is that I could not be a guy in the like boardroom like saying yes or no to what happens or like in the script because I'm like, I'd be like, no. And then I saw it and I was like, oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. I was totally sold. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh wait. Um, and I wanted to say with Barry uh, in, in, the, yeah. in the redeeming all of it, him motivating himself by like not knowing what's going to happen and saying, dad, like, I love you. You were the best dad ever. I was like, Oh my, like, mm-hmm. I just, Ooh, that hit me like so hard, like so deeply. I just loved that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like going to cry right now. Um, <laughs> you know who I also think got like a great upgrade in this movie was oh. Aquaman. Really? Tell me, tell me how I, not that yeah, I'm like, I, I'm like really like he was yeah. disserviced, but what? Wow, how so? Yeah. Uh, well, I feel I feel like in the weeding cut, they kind of leaned so hard into the dude bro like aspect of him, like the my man kind of thing, and just like, yeah, I'm a, I'm Aquaman. I like hot chicks and like I like drinking whiskey and stuff like that. It's like that I felt like they gave him way more layers in this film. Yeah. Um like we kind of got to sit with him like in his like disdain for like the Atlanteans and like his mom and like his own culture and like trying to like end kind of like at war with himself uh, yeah. and like what world he belongs in and like not really feeling like he belongs in either. Um, and I felt like they kind of toned down that like my man bro dude thing a lot. Like there's still that my man scene. Yeah, literally. Like I was surprised that was yeah, in this one, you know. Uh, me too. Yeah, yeah. But they, they toned everything else surrounding that down to where when I heard that, I was like, yeah, like he's stoked. Not like, Oh, this is the character of the caricature of like the my man bro thing. Yeah. Um, and like he was like way more like pervy and like horny in like the original one. Like they had this like weird like subplot thing with him being like super horny for Diana. Yeah. And, like the whole lasso thing. None of that stuff was going on. Yeah. And it's like, and even just taking that out, and I'm like, okay, in the first and like the weeding cut, he's like this pervy douchebag who is like yeah. a bro frat guy. And in this one it felt much more like, no, he's angry at the world and he doesn't want to help anybody because he, he kind of hates both worlds because he feels like they've rejected him. Yeah, they both um, did. And, and he's that's, like this, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, because he's the skeptical one in the group. Like, um, he's the one that's kind of questioning Cyborg and like his intentions. He's the one that's, he's the one that in the moment questions like the Superman thing. And he's the one that's kind of like calling everybody on their BS a little bit. Um, and he's like a little bit more hardcore in this one too. Like yeah. they give like the set, like this, his spear, his mom's trident, like a little bit of an upgrade Yeah. and like give it like a little bit of like some powers that I didn't have before. Yeah. It was, um, that one made me laugh because like, I was yeah, like, I, yeah. I felt like that one was like high, like 
I was like, I don't think that was in the original script. And I think they are trying to make no, it canon. No, within yeah. this. I was like, that was not his mom's trident. But for when this was script was written. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they yeah, they added that and they gave it like some like like some energy blasts or whatever they did not have originally, um, which I was fine with. Yeah, I think um, I said it earlier, but yeah, I but do, I felt like I I do think that on, his the Aquaman uh like the the Atlanta stuff they put in this movie really worked best with uh, this film, but I'm kind of glad they graduated into the James Wan kind of perception of it. I'm glad it had more color. Oh, oh yeah. I'm glad Mira yeah, lost I, her I'm accent. So, yeah. Volko Which, looked but, good. But, yeah. Yeah. I wish, I'm glad she lost her accent, but they still had her accent in the nightmare sequence in this film. Yeah. And like, they shot that recently. They shot yeah. that recently. So it's like, I don't know why, I don't know why you brought that back. Um, like, why are we British? But, we don't have to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think I think just in general, like all the characters, like all the interactions between the characters, like were so much more improved. Like there was a lot of like uh, contrived like arguments and like beef between a lot of the characters in the weaving cut. Um, like a lot of the Batman, Diana stuff, like them butting heads, like didn't happen in this movie, but it yeah. happened in the Whedon stuff. And like all them like fighting over whether or not to bring Superman back. Um, that wasn't happening in this film either. They were just like, yeah, we need we need him. <laughs> like, let's bring him back. Yeah. And and Aquaman was showing like disdain or like skepticism in the moment, but yeah. beforehand they were having these like grand arguments and like pushing each other about uh, whether or not to bring him back, and it just felt like so like manufactured. Um, but none of that happening. Like, I actually believe they were a team and like kind of enjoyed working together and like were actually excited about coming together to save the world. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's the part of this movie that was so, like, that was the best part about this movie. You know what I mean? They were glad to come together. They are glad to work. To, like, it all made sense, and that's why it's like, yes, it was a four-hour movie and it long, but I never thought, like, it 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 dragged. You know what I mean? Like, really, I was like, yeah. wow, that one yeah. sequence I wasn't a huge fan of, but, like, otherwise, I thought the whole thing was really exceptional, and I... Mm -hmm. I just really was, I was into it. And so seeing that happen, I would have, uh, I was just, I was a fan. So I, I liked that. And um, yeah, I just, it was yeah. so also good. One, it was good. That's like, all I have to say. Like, I was like, dang. It, I, it's kind of like, I, you know, I wish it wasn't as good as it is. Cause I feel like it shouldn't be as good as it is, but it exactly. honestly works so well. Like it should not be this good, but it is this good. I think it's not perfect, but like it's, it's not perfect. It's it's exceptional that it came together in the way that it did. I think, in in more um, ways than one, I think exactly what what you're saying. In more ways than one, though, because I'm yeah. like even just the the fact yeah. that the film exists and we have this cut to cherish and hold dear, but then on top of mm -hmm. that, like sequentially, you know, what I mean, just like the narrative yeah. within it is just, I'm so surprised with how well it works. And I feel like everybody there like really wanted to be there. Yeah. Like one of the most distracting things for me in the Whedon cut with, was Batman. Like it felt like Ben Affleck, you could tell he was so exhausted and he did not want to be there for those reshoots. Yeah. Like you could see it in his face, you could see it in his acting, like in his performances. And it's like, and like he's, he looks like he was dying on set in that cut. Mm -hmm. But in this one, I feel like it's the best we've seen him. Like honestly, yeah. like I feel like it's the best we've seen Batman in this universe. Um, I, I actually could have, this is, 
I could have used more Batman. That's just me. I just feel like but I could also, use I could use more of them. Yeah. We had other heroes, and I'm like, so I was satisfied. Yeah, yeah, and it's like we got to see a little bit more of uh, uh, J.K. Simmons as Jim Gordon. That was kind of fun. And he was talking to Crispus Allen, who is a Gotham Central character that I just adore. And I was like, that's a great, like, (laughs) allusion to that. I was like, oh, my gosh, fine. Like, Ryan Choi, Crispus Allen. I was like, as a the core DC fanboy I am, I'm like, that is just filling all my needs, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Also, side note, they one thing that was existent, and I keep, I know I'm comparing these two films a lot to each other, but it's like. It's the same film. You know, how could we not? Yeah. How how can we not compare them? Because they're. You know, that that film is the reason we have this film. Um, but he literally though, um, one thing that happened a lot in the weeding cut, which had not happened in BBS or Wonder Woman, was like Diana being like sexualized a lot. Yes. Uh, like so, like in the weeding cut, like when when I saw it in the weeding cut, it was distracting because we had not seen stuff like it before. But like we got like a lot of like close up butt shots of her. And like all these like really like sexy angles, which was like yeah. really distracting. Yeah. Um, and and like the flash, like landing on her boob scene. It's oh, like, yeah. ha, ha, it's funny because he landed on her boobs. You get it? It's like, yeah, we get it. Like hilarious. Stop. Uh, and it's like stuff that's just like, we don't need this. And it's like, and like she's one of the most powerful characters and the best characters in DC comics. And it's like, yeah. you're treating her like you're, you're like you're, you're, you're you're disrespecting her. And I was yeah. like, this sucks. But all of that was gone. And like part of that was like the Aquaman, like saying like, oh, you're so sexy. Like you're gorgeous. Like I, like, I want to take you out and all that stuff. Like when he's on the lasso of truth. Yeah. And it's like turning her into like this like sex object. It's like, oh, it was so gross. Like watching it in that film and to see like literally all of that gone in this movie, even like the shots. Like I remember the shots in that, that first cut where I was like, that's kind of egregious. Like, why they do, why they have to do that? They're just not in this film. Yeah. And I was like, that you're giving Diana and Wonder Woman and like Gal Gadot like the respect she deserves. Um, and it was like, she is literally like the one of the most important characters in this franchise. So like, in this I'm universe, happy they treated her as such. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, so I'm happy they were treating her as such. You know, like, we- she like her and Bruce were like the backbone of the team. Yeah. Yeah, there's experience and then there's the rookies and that's what I like. And and I like also that Aquaman yeah. was somewhere in the middle too. Like he was a capable person. Like he wasn't yeah. clueless. Like like Flash and Cyborg being the, like it, even in the scene of them digging the grave, I was like digging up Clark's grave. I was like, oh, that was great. Like I, I liked. Yeah. I liked that he, they, the three elderly, you know, seasoned vets and then the two guys. <laughs> oh, I liked that. And, but I, yeah. I totally agree. We do have to give mad props to Zack Snyder for casting uh, Gal Gadot. Because that's, yeah. she came from BVS and that vision, not Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman. So that is yeah. exceptional. And if she doesn't work in this film or like or like in these films, like the franchise just doesn't work. Like she has to be like, yeah, it's like part of it works because she's playing that character. Yeah. And she's so good to that character. I, I um, totally agree. Yeah. Um. Okay. I think I yeah. got... We answered the already the one out of 10 question, the rank and 10. So I think we can, I, I'll stand yeah. by. I don't know if you're, I honestly, now after talking about it, I'm a nine just because that's, <laughs> that's me. I just literally, I'm just so you, hyped. You, predict, you, you predicted it and it came true. I'm like, I'm buzzing <laughs> because I'm also just, this is freaking since day one, Cameron's DC fan. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
and you know we did see love of the material in there and that's what another reason why yeah but uh i i'm gonna ask you i think if you have answers two questions two more okay to the final jack has places to be guys um oh my very, guys, very, very busy man go listen to our other episodes very, if you very like busy. this <laughs> um and then rewatch this one again yeah exactly i'm gonna rewatch this re-listen we, and then and then check out what we got next because we got cool stuff coming up for you. We, we um, got so much good stuff coming up. You don't even know. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> okay. Who is who was your favorite character in this film? Oh um man, I, I oh my gosh, that's so hard. Um I think Batman still, just because I feel like it's it's the one, it's the last time we're probably gonna see him. Um as like a bat, like well, I think we'll see we'll see him briefly in Flash movie, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I think he's gonna be Flash movie. Yeah, yeah. We'll see him briefly in the Flash movie, but like this is the last kind of hurrah we're gonna see him as Batman, at least for now. Um, fingers crossed, really. And like, fingers crossed. And like seeing him put in the effort and like still like not be so jaded by the character in this film, like he was in the weeding cut, like it it lifted my spirits. Um, and it made me so happy to see him just like crushing it as this character. Cause I think he's, I think he's truly like one of the best things that's been, that's come out of like superhero IP in like the last like five, 10 years. Like he's my favorite Batman. I think oh, really? he's the well, best Batman. Yeah. I think he's the best Batman. And I, there's things I'd change about him. Of course. But like this movie solidified it for me and that like everything he brings to the character, I think is so good especially you- for this world and this universe. Um, and so like, yeah, I, and especially seeing the nightmare sequence, like at the end there with him, um, that, that just like, it made me want so much more. Yeah. Like I was happy with what I got and I wanted so much more. Um, so all that combined together made me, made him a favorite character. I think he definitely redeemed himself in this film. Like that's, I think redemption yeah. is the word of, I, 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 describe this entire film as you know what i mean it's just redemption for yeah, that universe. yeah for everybody literally and so yeah. but him especially remember how we were talking i was like i couldn't kind of come to terms with why batman and superman were fighting and what their motivations were his motivations that that line yeah. of dialogue where he's like i spent so much time trying to tear us apart that i mm-hmm. i need to bring us together now it needs to be me and yeah him learning and then how dearly he bruce held the promise on the man's grave which is literally the the catalyst that made batman in the first place he swore on his parents grave and like that seeing that weight on him force on behalf of superman again i really liked i really loved seeing that and so i totally he was my favorite character in this movie but i have to agree with you yeah so who's your favorite character in this movie honestly barry allen i like i (laughs) love that for me yeah He's he's definitely up there for me yeah and his costume like I just also, we didn't even mention it. And it's one of the best scenes in the movie too, though. Like Wonder Woman's intro scene where she stops the bank robbers or the art robbers, yeah. whatever they were. Yeah. That was amazing. Amazing as usual. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it was, for me, it was just Barry Allen as our window in. I loved the, some of the stuff didn't make sense. I thought the, like, I don't know when he, but also some of it was so beautiful. Like I'm not in love with the slow-mo <laughs> sequence, but like when, you know, you see him, number one, he, he rips his shoes open, you know, when he pivots because he's I, going I to... love that. Yeah. That was so cool. Yeah. And then 
it makes sense. Like when <laughs> yeah. he's going so fast, all he has to do is like poke the glass of the window mm-hmm. and he just goes through and he rescues Kirsty Clemens. And then you uh, instantly see like the attraction that he has for Iris, which I just yeah. love, absolutely love, love, love. And then, um, yeah. It was weird when he put the hot dog in his pocket. I was like, what is happening? I was like, don't, don't be weird, man. And then he, yeah. he brings it for the dogs during the job interview. I just love that whole yeah. sequence. And then, yeah, you know, they were rooting for Cyborg to be the emotional heart. I think Flash was the emotional heart of this film. You know what I mean? I just think he, there's yeah. just so much heart within Barry Allen, who I think is an incredibly difficult character, right? Like, I just think he's tough, man, because... Yeah. I think he's very limited in the stories that have been told about him. Barry specifically, I'm mm. for the fans, I'm a Wally West preferred flash guy, but what they did with Barry in this film, I just was mesmerized by. And I, I only want more and it only makes me more excited for the, for the new stuff coming forward. And so I really loved it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it didn't redeem the character for me, but I think his motivations were clear. His relationship, the extra scene that we got with him and his dad, you know what I mean? Kind of like their their enhanced yeah. dialogue was really exceptional. Um, but yeah, yeah, I like I like Ezra Miller as the Flash. I don't know what it is about his quirkiness or, but him him also just being the one to save the day really is what did it for me. And that him running back in time sequence was. I, you know that the budget went there and how they utilized that was yeah. amazing. Like, yeah, I just, I was really in love with that interpretation of the character. And so uh, the, the, the charisma yeah. radiating off of him is probably just uh, my heart. So. Yeah. Also, uh, Barry's dad is Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. It's Billy, Billy Credit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, great yeah. actor. Great actor. And so, yeah. Seeing yeah. that, seeing some of those familiar faces, you know, and freaking Batman's uh, tactical suit is Night Owl's costume from Zack Snyder's Watchmen as it well. Literally, is Night Owl's costume. That's that's. that's I I wasn't a huge fan of the, of the Justice League costume in this film. Yeah, I'm like, why um, do we have to go tactical? Like, why does Batman need sunglasses yeah. over the cow? Like, let's just be cool, guys. Like, literally, go. That's <laughs> yeah. Perfect, I like I like the regular costumes. Perfect with the white eyes that you were talking about, like the. Yeah, so that's that's close to the white eyes. I wish they would just give him proper white eyes, but you yeah. know. You, know, you get what you get. I still give it. It was my nine. I still give it a nine. I just loved yeah. it. Um, yeah. All what, right. was your, what was your second question? Oh, second question. Did you have two questions. Or has it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, favorite moment. Mine's obviously Barry's saving time. I think. I think that was my favorite. Yeah, that was that moment was so strong. Um, I think the nightmare sequence is my favorite moment. Um, all right. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I'm so. I'm so obsessed with that future in that world and like all the stuff with like like that we were going to get with all like the time travel stuff and like barry coming back and like you know nightmare like nightmare superman and like him like you know tracking them down a lot of stuff i i'm obsessed with that and i want more of that i wish they just made that movie kind of um yeah yeah and even the how they set it up from the instant that they had like resurrecting superman that's what got yeah and cyborg getting the visions of it and stuff like cyborg and and then he says no dreams of it yeah 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 oh that was a good moment too like that was a great oh that was good yeah yeah like it added because a similar scene from like the weeding cup adding that extra layer to it like cyborg getting the vision of what's going to happen like what they're unleashing by doing this and then saying no but it being too late i was like oh like that's good that was good um yeah, yeah. also yeah. cyborg's dad dies in the, of the movie and he's alive in the weeding cut so. oh really i didn't know that 
I, yeah, I forgot. he survives the weaning cut. Damn, yeah. he's the only one. They don't one. have that scene of him dying. Yeah, it's it's funny because in the weeding cut, like, uh, Steppenwolf gets the last box like off screen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember they don't that. Really show what happened. Oh, to that. So now they I did, understand they, why they that, why they did that. They took the footage. They just they had the boom tube come down. They just had the boom tube yeah. footage, and they're like, "Oh, he's got it now." And it's like, oh, "Okay, yeah, <laughs> okay, <laughs> fine, sure, yeah. I guess he has it now. I got that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, go home." Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly also, what also with that scene. <laughs> that so also with that scene, um, having Superman like actually like try to kill Batman, mm-hmm. and like. Rather than Batman, like the oh god, that that do you believe thing from the weeding cut when Superman yeah. says it to Batman, that was the other time I wanted to blow my brains out. It was the brunch thing, and then when he said the do you bleed, I was like, kill me now, <laughs> please. I'm going to go to the bathroom and take a five minute pee break. Um, so like yeah, that having that like having the gaunt like the gauntlet thing was cool, like the energy absorbing gauntlets, like that was pretty fun. Yeah, and like seeing that like Superman was like trying to kill Batman. Like he would have killed him had Lois not shown up. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, that was also. I think that, that made more fun. sense. I'm like, uh, some of the stuff that they took out of the, of, of the Snyder cut from like, and replaced in the Whedon cut. I just didn't, I was like, I was like, oh, that could have been in there. And yeah, that could have been in there. Like they could yeah, have it, yeah. salvaged a lot of this movie. Like, yeah. It's like, did you need like some, of, especially like some of those scenes, like in the field with Clark at, and Lois at like, uh, at his mom's at Kent farm. Yeah. Like you could have just used those exact same scenes in the weeding cut. Why did you reshoot them with this rubber face? Yeah. Like there was no need to reshoot some of that stuff. And we just had more rubber face than we needed. And it's like, I don't know, maybe they were going like, Oh, let's just have as much rubber face as possible. So we always get used to it. Um, but you're like, I, I didn't you're get like, used to it. You're like, I did miss the Superman elephant scene. That was a classic one. <laughs> with the kids. I was like, Oh man. Um, okay, yeah. well, those are my last two questions. That's what I had for us. We know our rankings, and it is an exceptional, mm. great film, really great. Yeah, what an ending, man! What an ending! Because oh I, gosh. you know, nothing is impossible, but I, I'm fairly confident this is the last time we'll see a Zack Snyder Justice League movie. You know, Jack, I think, I think you hope, and you know, I hope that we are both proven wrong. So, I hope we're proven wrong. Yeah. Um, and if not, we'll, if, you know, if we're if we're proven right, maybe we'll get like a cool comic book that continues the story. Absolutely, absolutely. Alrighty, well, that that pretty much wraps us up for this episode yeah, of geez. a worthless film podcast. So, Jack, thank you. What a journey we've been on. Oh my god, I'm like as sweaty as ever, and it's in a good way. <laughs> it is in a good I'm, way. I'm, I'm about to spend the next four hours watching it all over again. Oh, you best believe I'm about to restart that movie. <laughs> Alrighty, True. man. Thank you so all much right. for being. Thank on. you, everybody. Our hopes and dreams travel with you.